Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joe Maniac. And I'm one of your other hosts, Josh, aka Three-Eyed Sloth. Yes, and we're back. We're back in the gym. We are back. And today, we're going to tie back to episode number 133, The Bond of a Familiar, where we talked about familiars. Mm, and their bonding. Yes. With their powers combined. <laughs> it's a little Voltron. I would take a Voltron familiar. That'd be rad. That'd be cool. It's super ineffective when they're not combined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we came up with Diamnastics number 110, all too familiar. And essentially, our, the amazing Rorik on the forums helped create this one where we came up with 26 names, one for each letter of the alphabet. And tossed out the idea of just making a familiar that tied to one of the names. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, pretty straightforward, but lots of opportunities for fun ideas. Yes, and a lot of fun ideas were made. Two pages worth, and it makes me really happy because some of these are so good. I highly doubt that Josh and I will stick to highlighting one. Yeah, it's going to be hard to pick just one anyway. So Uh, how about I kick things off? And I want to highlight one of my, I think this was my personal favorite, but there, like I said, there were a lot of very good ones. This was from user Tigranosaurus, who's a Bronze Dragon Patreon member. Go Tigranosaurus. And they came up with Gup, the translucent acid puppy. He is a miniature semi-sentient gelatinous cube and used a, for his picture, uh, used a plushy gelatinous cube as like the inspiration for this, and I just love everything about it. Essentially, Gup, the translucent acid puppy gelatinous cube, acts like a very over-eager Labrador puppy that leaks acid everywhere and is very destructive, but very sweet and well-meaning and doesn't want to destroy all of your favorite possessions, but just can't help himself. However, like any good dog, is house-trained, so he knows where to go dissolve things. Uh, But, yeah... I love everything about that. The fact that like you just have a gelatinous cube that acts like a just a dog. That's probably the greatest thing I've ever read in my entire life. I'm not going to I'm just going to be completely honest. That's so good cuz also I love the idea of how slow it moves. Yes, like, right. It wants to follow you and do everything and sit and stay and fetch kind of. Yeah. Go I, dissolve this stick. Right? Uh I like that it has its favorite toy that it carries around inside of itself and it, when it wants to fetch, it will just deposit it in front of its master and then kind of make guppy sounds or whatever uh, and make noises until the master will throw its favorite toy. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I want a gup now. Yay. Everyone should have a gup. What's, oh. kind, of, what's kind of funny is that the first one I want to highlight is also from a... Patreon Dragon. It is from Old Soul Sunrise, who is a gold Patreon Dragon, so thank you very much. And they came up with Hiccup, who is a blink dog puppy. And essentially, as they were traveling from plane to plane, they kept, like, seeing this dog kind of follow them, only to kind of figure out that their entire pack had been slain by a displacer beast attack, which 
long storied history of Displacer Beasts and Blink Dogs being bitter enemies. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a, the last of the pack. And it would actually hiccup and almost have these like just like fits of jumping around in space because it would hiccup and blink at the same time. And that's where <laughs> it got its name. And every now and again, that still kind of happens. And that's awesome. Right. I think puppies just make uh, the best familiars, period. Yeah. Especially, oh, I mean, or anything that you then give puppy-like traits to, it's always good. Seriously. The other thing that I love is that they still have a habit of blinking and kind of like stealing. So it always gets your character (laughs) into trouble because they keep taking things from the party that then appear on your person instead. Just like any good dog. Yeah. He's just a good pupper. That's all. Nothing wrong with that. Well, while we're highlighting some of our favorites, I just want to throw out another one that I really liked. Because, like I said, there's so many good ones. This one's from DM Caleb. And DM Caleb came up with Xander, the micro beholder. So, basically, a three-inch beholder. There's a little typical physical traits, you know. Got the little needle teeth in the central eye. It's got a large, fluffy eyebrow and two eye socks. And basically, Xander is just like fervently loyal to its master. Uh, Xander is all about just like heaping praise and going along with anything that his master says and just thinking that that's the greatest idea ever. For example, when the adventurer in question that owns Xander uh Xander might say something like, oh, yes, we should rescue the orphanage because then we'll get a welcome when we come home. Maybe we'll get reward. Maybe we'll become, like, important, take over the city. Oh, yeah, such a great plan. Or, you know, like, so on and so forth. Like, basically, anything you do, Xander thinks it's the greatest thing ever. And everyone could use positive reinforcement in their lives. That's all I'm saying, especially from a beholder. I like it. I feel like there's going to be a lot of long-term problems here, but initially. (laughs) No, I can't imagine of any. Okay, never mind. Yeah, it'll totally work out. So so for mine, I want to highlight from DM Startle Toad. So there's that great name name. on the forum. And they came up with Maven, the Raven, who clearly (laughs) is the familiar of a Kenku wizard who's named Phil Stein. The sound of a Stein being filled. And oh, man. He likes to use Maven to feel like he can fly. And so like observing the world through their eyes. And so this awesome connection that they have. And again, this, because it's a Raven, likes to steal things from your players, other players. And again, we're into essentially, I guess I just like a familiar that causes problems because I feel like familiars all kind of go to the wayside. So if you have them do terrible things, everyone remembers them. Man, what's with all the DMB uh, users, like, all encouraging stealing and stuff? Come on, guys. It's the best. Where's the family values? (laughs) And for their special move, Maven and Philstein use a scare tactic where Maven will fly into the middle of a group of people and Philstein will either dimension door or misty step into them almost as if they're replacing the Raven with themselves as if it's like some kind of superpower. And they note that it clearly works on superstitious people more than anyone else. That's very good. 
I like that a lot. I love it. Mischievous familiars is is a good like it's a trope, but it's a good trope. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Adds a little excitement to every game. Yes. So now that we have both of those, all four of those rather, out of the way, it's time to start lifting the mental weights. Right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. Okay. So we are going to pick a name at random, and it may have been chosen by a user already, but we're going to see what we can come up with. We don't care. Write the rules. Yep. All right. So are we going with the same prompt? We're going to yep. uh, tip what kind of familiar it is, how, you know, what kind of quirks and behaviors they have, that kind of stuff? Yep. All right. I think I've got one. Okay. I had. I will preface, I had an idea initially, and then as I was looking, I saw a really great response from another user that, that totally stole it i like i like the idea of an octopus familiar i'm not gonna do that though because somebody else already had that good idea instead i'm gonna go with quincy i like that name it's a good name quincy is a parrot uh in fact we'll say i believe i'm trying to remember what like the oldest uh like species of parrot is I want to say... You mean the most long-lived? Yeah, sorry. The most long-lived... The African gray parrot lives like 70 years. Yeah, I think on average, like, the longest is usually around 70, 60 to 70. Okay. So I want to go with a parrot. One, because parrots are very long-lived and they have... Uh, there's some interesting stuff you can do there. Birds are a very common familiar in RPGs. But parrots I particularly like because... Uh, one, they're big, bigger than the average bird. And two, they're old and kind of ornery, and that can lead to all sorts of great things. So what I am envisioning for Quincy, this parrot, is that he actually belongs to a family that has been like an adventuring family. And he has been like a familiar that has been with like a couple of maybe like a third generation or something. Maybe like it's a very long-lived bird that's, you know, longer than like what... In reality, like in our world, you know, parrots maybe live like 60, 70 years. This one's like maybe going on 100 or something. That would mean that they are a macaw because quick internet research, apparently a well-taken-care-of macaw can live up to 100 years. Perfect. There we go. I was trying to find that and I, I couldn't remember exactly what type it was. So a macaw. Yes. So this macaw, Quincy, has been passed down through this adventuring family. It's kind of like... Uh, the 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 grandfather of of this family essentially rescued Quincy and became like his familiar. And then when he had a son, and when he this son started adventuring, Quincy you know kind of went with him and then so forth. So now you know this grandson is now starting up his own adventuring at a young age, and and he's they're given Quincy to him. It's kind of like almost a family heirloom now. It's like hey Quincy, you know, is he's gonna join you? He's gonna be your buddy. Uh, and of course, Quincy's old and kind of kind of a jerk, I think. Oh yeah. Like he he's not very nice, and so he's not gonna like take orders from this young little whippersnapper kid uh, trying to boss him around. So I like the dynamic of like a young upstart adventurer trying to give commands to his very old and veteran, like seasoned veteran, but yet just kind of a jerk <laughs> parrot. So. That's kind of what I'm envisioning here. I mean, it can totally work, too, because if you think of, like, the lesser, the 
lesser lived races, I guess we'll say you ain't with a human and like the span of 20 years, maybe being like your adventuring career. I mean, you could easily have it be third, if not even fourth generation that Quincy is going out and like it, Quincy knows that this is what needs to happen, but is over it. Right. Totally over it. He's like, I'm sick of this. Like I should have retired like 20 years ago. (laughs) Just take me home. That's right. Awesome. I love Quincy now. And I like Quincy is kind of lazy. I think now like he's kind of like, ah, I've worked hard my whole life now. It's like, whatever. So he doesn't really like he'll, he'll go deliver stuff for his master. Like, but you know, he takes his time. He's going to go do a detour and, and get some good fruits on the way, you know? Anyway, so that's mine. That's Quincy. So Neil, what do you got? Yes. So I will pick, because it's really the only one that like stuck out to me. Mm, never mind. Now I have two sticking out to me, but we'll probably get to them both. So I will go my, with my first one, and it is Jingle. And it is an imp, because I don't think anyone kind of went down that road. And that's kind of a classic one. Yeah, I w- I'm surprised that I didn't see that. Who wears like elf shoes, like the really stereotypical curled up at the toes with like a bell. Like shoes? Yeah, with a bell on them. Oh, uh, okay. And he thinks it is hilarious to wear them all the time and like <laughs> draw undue attention to like whoever they're with as well as themselves and just constantly wears literally comes with bells and whistles on and the person that is trying to control them absolutely hates it. That sounds like the worst and yet also the best. And you know, and so I also like the idea you know, and so the full prompt is what kind of creature is it? How did the character bond with its familiar? I think it's just the kind of thing where they're like, okay, I'm going to summon an imp. This is going to go great. And then this is what they got. And they've been kind of disappointed the entire time. <laughs> Obviously the interesting quirks are that they do this and the signature move eventually you know, and whoever's kind of controlling them just starts using it to their advantage and just starts using jingle as bait. And it just allows them to distract people while they either get to where they need to or just generally speaking, use that against the enemies rather than let the enemies use it against them. That's very good. Now I kind of want I want Jingle in my life now. While watching Jingle All the Way, (laughs) a wonderful film that you should also watch. You do not jingle half the way. You must jingle all the way. Yes. Do you have another? I've got an idea for another one. I think this one's maybe a little bit out of the unusual. Kind of just random popped in my head, and we'll we'll see where this takes me. This might get a little, this might little get a little weird. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. So I'm gonna go with Icarus. as uh, oh. one of the names on there. Okay. Did I steal your name? That's you did. But that's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Icarus, and I'm I'm gonna need some help because I'm I'm still trying to figure out the details here. But like I'm imagining. Icarus as in terms of what kind of creature something sentient something I think maybe like a fae maybe like a fae creature I mean I could I don't want to be like super cliche with it but I'm thinking maybe something like I don't know a pixie or mm-hmm. something like that essentially if, if I think of a different creature type that I like better I'll, I'll I'll throw that out there but for now let's go with that and I think the thing that I kind of like it's a little unusual and different is that 
So the character bond with the, the bond with this familiar is that the character and the familiar actually kind of have like a romantic love for each other, which is very strange and odd, you know, but yet like, it's kind of like a, you know, this person, whatever this, this character is, you know, they could be human or they could be, you know, anything really, but they're familiar. Like maybe, you know, I think they got rescued. Uh, Maybe they rescued the familiar or maybe even vice versa. Maybe the familiar, kind of uh, found the character that was in danger at some point and kind of helped, you know, rescue them or save them and became friends and actually, you know, became kind of like, you know, romantically involved in some way or like just, or just became like established, like a really deep kind of love for each other. It doesn't have to necessarily be romantic, but just like a really strong connection between the two. That's like typically familiars are kind of one-sided, you know, it's like, I'm clearly your oh, master yeah. and you know, you're, you may have, you know, you may like me, but you're going to do what I say in this case. Like it's a little bit more mutual, you know, between the two. And it's kind of a different take on, on that. It kind of allows maybe some interesting dynamics between like the person and the familiar as well, because like, instead of, you know, one person giving orders to the familiar, like they almost can do things in tandem together because like they work so well together and kind of know each other. So, intimately you know like so well so they kind of are able to act without necessarily like barking commands or you know anything like they're just kind of in sync together so i like that a lot because there's a lot built in even from the mechanics perspective that could lean towards that like how devastating it is for the wizard when they lose the familiar right familiar gets banished or something you know yeah the deep telepathic connection you can transfer the spells also if you use a wizard i really like the idea of kind of like the reverse twist on the idea of icarus and the story behind it and i love the wizard being the person that has essentially fallen from the sky Mm -hmm. and then it is the pixie or sprite or whatever that has come to their aid and for you know whatever reason you know now they're the pixie or sprite is named icarus the other thing that I like is that, you know, if the wizard is a little bit higher level, then that connection can also be furthered by reduce or enlarge right. as a spell. Yeah. Because then they can spend time together at the same height, right. <laughs> right. essentially. Um, and so then that, I think, is a fantastic idea, even if you did steal Icarus from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Okay. But with that, since you stole it and we tag teamed it, I say we have done it once again, sir. I like it. I think that was a good combo. I don't know. I feel like you were going to say I was going to, and then I was like, I don't know. After combo. Okay. (laughs) But what we can say is that if you have an idea for a familiar that you you have used that kind of falls off the beaten path, because that was another thing we were going for, coming up with kind of out there ideas that you could use in your campaign, then. And also, that is a great way to make a memorable NPC. Just throwing it out there. Very true. You can always email us with your ideas at dmnastics at gmail.com. Or you can head over to Twitter where you can follow us at dmnastics. And you can catch both our Twitter handles on that page. I think now, though, it's time for us to do our post-workout cooldown and go stretch with the light bulb. light bulb so today on the light bulb we are going to be talking 
very specifically about something that is in probably every campaign that you have run, and that is puzzles. Mm-hmm. But instead of having box text or something like that, we are going to talk about physical puzzles being brought to the table. Yes, because I just want to throw it out there that puzzles in like D&D and Pathfinder and stuff like they can be fun, but for the most part, they're generally kind of lame because it's just like, oh, here's some text that I'm going to read to you. And then like, oh, you make a skill check. And then like, I'm just going to explain the puzzle to you because you rolled well. Like there's no actual puzzle solving, which is, you know. Well, yeah. And there is also the idea that, you know, I mean, your interpretation of the words that I've presented to you may not be enough for you to get what the puzzle really is. Right. And and if you had any, some sort of physical representation, you would know. The other thing you can do, and this is what I've done in one case, is that there was a room full of tiles. And so I actually printed out all the tiles and then laid them all out on the battle map. And that was it. I didn't describe anything else. I didn't do box text. I said, here you go. Figure it out. And essentially, it was like varying degrees of difficulty in terms of like the monsters it showed on the tiles. And you figured that out by trial and error. And essentially you needed to move from the lowest level monster to the lowest level monster so that you would take the least amount of damage and be able to probably get through pretty easy. Ah, I like that. That's a cool idea. I, I, I have an example of one that I did. Uh, this wasn't like an adventure that I wrote necessarily. This was, I was doing an organized play scenario for Pathfinder back in the day. Like this was years ago and there was a really cool puzzle in this scenario that was written uh, and I was running for some people, but they, it was really hard to explain. Like it was one of those that like I had to, I had to read it like when I was prepping and kind of figuring this out. I had to read it like multiple times, wrap my head around like, <laughs> what are they trying to do? Cause it was like, that's a gr- that's a great sign that it's going to go well yeah. at your table. Yeah, exactly. It, it involved like a three, three dimensional space. Like it's like a, a, a cave or some kind of chamber and there's water uh, that can rise or fall, and there's multiple levers that control how much water fills up in this room. And the object is there's a door like at the very, very top of this really big chamber, and so they ideally they want to fill water up to a certain point so they can swim up to the door, but they obviously don't want to like completely fill it up because then it would like the chamber would seal on them and they'd drown. So there's different levers that all kind of filled water. And it was like, a, it's a very traditional basic puzzle of like, okay, this lever adds 20%, you know, whatever water. Mm. This one reduces it this much. So you had to pull certain levers, you know, to try to get it to a certain number. So the way I did that was I basically used cups. Like I used like a pitcher with water in it. And then I used like a, like a big Tupperware that I actually kind of drew on like Sharpie and labeled, you know, like the different levels and, and where like the door was on it. So then they could physically see like as they interacted with the the different levers, you know, I would basically pour water into this Tupperware, this container, and they could see like, oh, how much the water is rising. And then when they'd pull another one, I would pour it back into the pitcher to show. So it was like a fun way so they can actually visualize the puzzle instead of just me trying to really clumsily tell them what was happening because there was no way they were going to get that. It was a cool concept that just on paper was really hard to describe. So in those situations, like a physical puzzle is awesome. Clearly someone was playing Zelda while yeah. watching <laughs> Die Hard with a Vengeance. Pretty much. With Samuel L. Jackson and the tubs of water. 
Oh yeah, that that Pathfinder scenario was it was uh, just a fantasy version of Die Hard with the Vengeance, basically. Perfect. <laughs> so it's kind of funny that you do mention levers and water because another example, while not in my table, the wonderful Rich Howard shared with me that his dungeon master had made a you know very visual representation of the map you know, like kind of like dwarven forge level if you will mm-hmm. and they're like well what do we do and he's like everything you need to know about this problem is already in front of you and then when they took a closer look at the map they could tell which of the levers were rusted and which had seen use oh that's cool and then they knew which levers to use to figure out the trap in front of them so another very next level in terms of actually literally building the puzzle into the terrain that you have in front of your players. That's super cool. I just, I want to throw out just like a, as a real quick like kind of aside to all this is that physical puzzles I think are awesome. But I will I will say that some people don't like puzzles. Some people kind of struggle with, you know, puzzle solving like when they're put on the spot. And so like there's also the weird disconnect of you're role playing a character that maybe has like a high intelligence, but like you yourself as an actual human being just struggles with puzzles. So in those situations, like use discretion if you're if you're running the game, you know, like maybe allow opportunities like, OK, if they're a naturally intelligent character that they're playing as, you know, give them clues, give them something that may like give them an advantage or give them some kind of leg up, you know, on solving the puzzle. Like because that can be kind of frustrating, too. I've actually had reverse experiences where there was like a puzzle that we're kind of meant to solve. And it's not like it's a super hard one necessarily in the fiction, but like we're trying to think of it out of character and try to solve it. And we're like, I'm just, it was like a math puzzle. And it's like, well, I'm kind of stumped, you know, like I was having a hard time with it, but like my character I'm playing was like, I've got like a, you know, 20 intelligence. Like I'm pretty smart. Like, I feel like I, I should be able to figure this out pretty quickly, but I was having an off day on my thinking (laughs) game. So just use discretion. All I'm saying. I was told there would be no math. That's right. Came here for no math. Why am I playing D&D? What's going on? Yep. Do the math for me. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums and take part in all of these challenges, exercises, as well as all of the other amazing conversations being had. And to do that, just head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and you can try some DMnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you will add your own cardio? Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running. 